Hello, and welcome to the Divorce Woman's Guide podcast, where we talk about the things us divorcees are thinking, but not always talking about, as we turn our divorce into the best gift you've ever been given. And I do so with a little bit of sass and a whole lot of class. I am your host, Wendy Sterling, founder of The Divorce Rehab. I am here to support you in this transition phase of your life so you can start your new best chapter on your own terms. After all, that's what I did after my own divorce. And now it is my mission to change the conversation around divorce and help you see why your divorce, like mine, was the best gift you ever received. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Divorce Woman's Guide podcast. How are you guys doing today? Don't forget to hit subscribe so that you guys do not miss a single episode that comes out every single week. And in today's episode, I am here with Andrea Rappaport. Hello, Andrea. How are you? Hello. Good. How are you? I'm great. It's so nice for you to be here today. And interestingly, you guys, Andrea and I actually met through a mutual friend. What was it? Maybe a year ago through Chris and we connected and had a conversation and I've been watching her blossom since that moment last year. And so she's here today to join me and we're going to talk about some of the things that she has learned about what to do and what not to do after divorce. Andrea, let me share a little bit more about you with our audience today. So Andrea is the co-host of How Not to Suck at Divorce, which is a podcast that's the marriage of information, entertainment, and empathy. Andrea is a recovering comedian and a divorced mom with two young boys. She hosts the podcast with family law attorney Morgan Stogsdill. Stogsdill. Did I say that correctly? It trips me up every time. <laughs> God bless Morgan. But if we, could, if I could pay her to change her last name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the, Andrea's mission is to help people not suffer the way she and her children did during her marriage and divorce. Amen, my dear. So before we dive into our conversation today, I would really love for you to share your journey with our audience today and what is motivating you to do the work that you do today and honestly to start that amazing podcast that you and Morgan have together. Well, thank you, first of all, for the opportunity to talk with you today and to talk to your listeners. I think that it's it's easy. The reason why I do this is because... I totally sucked at my divorce. I made a lot of mistakes and they were painful and it caused suffering on my end, on my children's end. And this really, it starts pre-divorce. I made a lot of mistakes in my marriage. I made a lot of mistakes pre-marriage. And those are things that I am wanting to help other people not do. As you read in my bio, I'm a recovering comedian, which means that I lived most of my life not talking about feelings. We get on stage behind a microphone and we make other people laugh because that's what we're comfortable doing when we really should have been in therapy. And that's if you watch like any documentary on any famous comedian, you'll learn that funny people typically stem from something that's very unfunny and definitely true in my life. And comedy was always my coping 
mechanism. I wanted to make people laugh. I remember I grew up acting and I remember once as a young, as a kid, I was, I think I was 16 or 15 and I was cast in a production of a show that was not funny. It was probably one of the more serious dramas I ever did. And I had a really hard time with hearing the sounds of people crying in the audience. It was a show that had to do with AIDS and it was heavy. And this goes back to like the mid to late nineties. And it was a really tough feeling for me. I was so used because I, this is what I had done my whole life. So I grew up doing musical theater. I was child actor, got into comedy really young. And I was used to the sound of chuckles and hearing the sounds of people like blowing their nose from crying was really triggering. And I hate that word triggering because I feel like we say it way too much, but I can't think of another word. So for now I'll say triggering. <laughs> so then I did a deep dive into the comedy world. I was like, F this, I'm just going to be funny. I didn't like the way that felt. So I went deep into the world of comedy and that kind of, that kind of messed me up for a while. I went down the rabbit hole of pretending that things were okay and things were not okay. And I got into a marriage that was not okay. And I pretended for a long time that it was. And I initially started an Instagram platform way prior to like having this life that I have now. I started a platform because I hadn't, I stopped acting and I thought, you know what? I'm just going to be like a funny mom blogger. That's going to be my thing. I started it and I told little tidbits of truths, but not the whole truth. And then my life started to unravel. I got really sick with what I later learned was panic disorder. And I then learned that a great irritant of my panic was my marriage. So I made the decision to keep talking and to keep sharing on social media. And that's when things started to pivot. Then I met the co-host of my show, Morgan, who's a divorce attorney here in Chicago, found me on Instagram and said, like, you're real candid about what you're going through. And I like that. And I like that you're a professional performer. You're well-spoken and so attractive. She didn't say that last part, but I like to throw in. I, <laughs> but you are. I know, right? Inside and um, out, my dear. God, I'm so good looking. No, and she said, I wanted, I think I want to work with you. Let's see what we can do. I believe we planned our show for about a year prior to actually doing the show. I finished my divorce. We kept talking. We kept scheming. We talked to a lot of people about what are we really offering? How do we do this? And then our show was born and really proud of it. It's informative. It's entertaining because I have to have a show that makes people laugh at some points because I don't want anyone to listen to our show and drive their car off the road. <laughs> That's because it's a heavy effect. topic. Yeah. Right. It's a heavy topic. But I also, the biggest thing is the empathy. I want people to feel like if they're driving to work, I want them to feel like I'm sitting right there with them in the passenger seat and that they've got a buddy in this. They have someone who's going to make them laugh and someone who's going to 
be there to offer the support and guidance and insight, or also just to normalize all of these thoughts and feelings surrounding marriage, divorce, and post-divorce life. Yeah, I love that. I love that so much. So I'm going to write it down, but I love the message that we get to, as a community, normalize the emotions around divorce. And I always say it doesn't matter what our stories are per se, what is the same are the emotions that we go through because it's a roller coaster and we do our best at every given moment. Sometimes our best looks different every single day. That's what I say. And of course, hindsight is 2020, right? That saying exists for a reason. So what would you say is a lesson that you learned that you can share with our audience where it's don't do this instead, because it's something that you experienced firsthand. Okay. Do you, do we want to start with pre-divorce or during the divorce or post-divorce help like roadmap you? So everybody tuning in is at, is at that stage at one of those given stages. So if you want to go across all three, let's start with if mayor, if divorce is something you've thought about or even spoken. Okay. Let me, I'll back it up a little bit. Just to help people who might be thinking this and want to hear somebody say it. So I'll start with something that I did that I don't want you to do is don't get married if you know in your heart that this is not the right situation for you. It's easier said than done, right? Because for a lot of us, we, we want to have children we want, I wanted so badly to have a family. Yeah. I wanted, and by family, I don't just mean children. I wanted people. I wanted in-laws. I wanted Thanksgiving dinners. I wanted the chaos and the, all of that. I didn't well, value. It's this dream, right? You had yeah. this vision and this dream of what you wanted your family to be and to look like. And we get tunnel vision sometimes when we we get focused like that. I think that also depending on what our origin stories are, a lot of us don't have the healthiest of upbringings. And so what we think family is might not be what's really right for us. And a lot of us are drawn to people who emulate somebody from our childhood, whether we want that or not. Right. And I know that for me, I can't say there weren't warning signs. I think there were 97 of them, but I chose to keep pushing those flags away and saying, oh, but red looks so good on me. Right. Instead of realizing, no, you're your coming. Yeah. That's a big old flag that this person is waving in your face. So I want to start there and it's an unpopular, it's an unpopular opinion to say that I shouldn't have gotten married. I shouldn't have, because then people are like, what about your kids? Those are two kids that wouldn't be on this earth if you didn't get married. Shut up. I don't like, that's not helpful. It's a, the reality is that is one of the mistakes. that I made. Well, and if I may say really quickly, I think it's also something to pay attention to 
for the next time. Right. So it, you now know, right. You've brought awareness to yourself that don't do that again. Right. Don't do that again. And I think I didn't finish my thought before because I got myself sidetracked, but (laughs) I wanted the family, but I didn't value so much. What does, what does Andrea need at the end of the day herself? Right. Right. What do I need to feel safe? What is love? What does support look like to me? How do I want to, does my partner build me up? Is my partner enamored with me the way that I I am with them? Does my partner look at me with eyes of love and adoration? Does my partner desire me? And Mm -hmm. these are all things that had I been a bigger girl and had looked at and been like, Andrea, honey, it's not there. You can't make it there. I would have saved myself a lot of heartache. And again, this is easier said than done. Cause I know what it's like to be in that relationship and to be like, I can do this. I can do this. You know what? There's enough, right? There's enough there. He can, he can financially support me. If I do this, then I can have this, then I can have this life. But I'm telling you at the end of the day, if this is not somebody who, if you had absolutely nothing, if you are stranded in a Walmart parking lot, is that the person you want to be stuck in the car with? And I don't know why I said Walmart parking lot. That might be because that's the scariest place in my mind that I could think of because I'm a target shopper, but go there if you will. (laughs) During, I would say during the divorce process, the biggest mistake that I made, I talk about this all the time, is I signed a parenting agreement without fully understanding the terms of that agreement. Hmm. Major F up that had, that is probably the biggest mistake that I, but the I'm at a loss for words. I'm lucky and that I, after a lot of money and time and navigating, I was able to change that. But a parenting agreement is a really tough document to change. And it's an easy document to have mistakes. Yeah especially if you are in high conflict divorce, especially if you are in a divorce where there's some abuse of different types going on. There's a, there's a myriad of reasons why these mistakes can get made in a parenting agreement. So my number one piece of advice is you have to have a professional help you through that step. Yes. It's so important. Have to have my recommendation is to have, if obviously you have children, if you're doing a parenting agreement. So having a child therapist look over this agreement and making sure that this is a proper agreement for your child at the age your child is at, knowing what, are, depending on where you live, they're good for a certain number of years before they get revisited and revamped. But what are your child's needs at that point? What does your child, what is the best scenario for your kid? It is not an agreement for the parents. It's agreement. It's an agreement for the child. And I can't stress that enough. And I could probably fill a whole hour talking about it, but yeah. And I'm sure you've probably helped so many people through 
Absolutely. Yeah. My, my whole, my whole do versus don't lesson is really, I wish that I knew myself. I wish that I thought more long-term and I wish that I never put my kids in the middle. My audience knows my ex-husband cheated on me. And even with that and the pain and the betrayal and every other emotion you can think of, I never threw him under the bus to the kids. So for me, that is something I would do again is to make sure that I kept my kids out of it. But I also think we do our best with what it is that we're capable of doing, providing, saying. And as we said at the beginning of the episode, I think a lot of where the poor decisions come in is when we are acting with our hearts instead of with our minds. Like that's the one time it sounds cold, but it's the honest truth. Like divorce is a business transaction. At the end of the day, you are separating out your life. And it's, it feels awful to say that. And looking back, I would have handled it. I would have put a very different hat on negotiating my divorce than the one that I had on because it costs a lot of money to go back and make changes, which I've had to do. And it's been expensive. Absolutely. I think that everyone can relate to what it is that you said. If somebody is on the other side at this point, right? You're now on the other side too. Like what's something that you could say to them about they're on the other side and they're still in this place of like, oh, why did I do that? Or why didn't I do that? What would you say to someone in that place? I think one of the biggest mistakes that people make post-divorce is they stop going to therapy because they think it's over. Right. Right. It's not, I don't, it don't work like that. Not the kind of thing where you sign the papers and then poof, yeah. all of the issues, all of the pain, all of the resentment, all of the toxic behaviors and feelings that not only did somebody impose upon you, but you're doing to yourself and possibly doing to your children. That does not go away with the signed MSA. Right. You've got to stay in therapy. You've got to stay on top of continuing to help yourself as you evolve. I say this a lot. A divorce will change you. There's no question about that. It undoubtedly will change you. Something about you changes because this is a process yeah. that will bring you to your knees. However, you have the ability to change and transform to, for the better, but you've got to take the steps to do that. And one of the biggest things that I recommend is keeping your butt in a therapist's chair. Keep talking. I have more than one therapist. I love therapists. And I talk about this all the time. I have a personal therapist. I have a therapist who helps me just with my children, who helps me navigate what my kids' needs are based on just what they went through and all that stuff. And I have a therapist for my current relationship because I want to make sure that I'm not repeating behavior and traits that I picked up in past relationships. Right. And I don't think there, there's nothing wrong with that. If you hurt your thumb, you're probably going to go to a doctor and have someone look at your thumb. If you need your oil changed for your car, then you're going to go to a place that knows how to change your oil. 
I don't do my own nails. I don't do my own hair. I don't do my own therapy. You go to people. This is what they do. And you deserve that. So that's one of the biggest things that I think that people do post-divorce that I really wish I could stand up on a mountain with a megaphone and tell them to don't do that. Do not think that just because you're divorced now that everything goes away. Right. Well, and my whole methodology is really similarly. I had a therapist, I had a team, which sounds like that's what your team was or team is, you know, I had my therapist, I had my life coach, I had my business coach and my life coach specialized. She knew what it, the path that I was walking down. So she knew how to help me. So it's like between my therapist And my coach, I was able to focus on my past, which is what my therapist was really helping me get through. Because there were things that I wasn't aware of that I had brought into my marriage that were childhood things. And then my coach was able to really help me figure out, like, as you're learning all this stuff about yourself, like now, what are you going to do? Right. So it's about the now and where it is that that you're going. And so many times, and I'm guilty of it too. Like we, we only think about other people. We only think about our kids. We want our kids to be okay. And it's that whole metaphor of you got to put your oxygen mask on first before you can help your kids. And it took me a long time to really understand that. And what I slowly started realizing was that as I kept taking care of myself, things with my kids felt a lot easier. I was showing up differently. My relationship with them was evolving into one where we were getting a lot closer and I was close with my boys, but it was like, Oh God, there's so much more closeness that can be created because I'm not short with them. And I'm not this, and I'm not that my kids also went to therapy. My ex-husband and I were in, we were in couples therapy the first year that we were separated, wondering if we could solve and salvage anything. Right. So I love what you said about like, do you just go get something over the counter? Do you take your own needle and thread if you need to sew something up? Or do you go to a surgeon who has trained and has done this how many times, right? And I don't think that people, especially women going through divorce, see the value in themselves to be able to invest in their future self, right? Well, let's talk about that for a minute though, because you just brought up a word that I think is really a lot of people stick with. You said invest. When you get divorce is not, it's not a career, right? It's not something that's throwing you money. You've got money flying out every hole of your body during a divorce, right? So a lot of people think, well, yeah, would be nice to have a coach, (laughs) But who's going to pay for that? And what I think I'd like to stress to people is don't look at this as a luxury. Right. Don't look at this as something like I mentioned, getting my hair and nails done. Those are luxuries. If you have to choose between getting, doing your own nails and going and having someone help you professionally, give you the right insight and guidance in your divorce girlfriend, do that. And then go to Target. Walmart, if you know, that's really where you want to go, but I would say go to target, go to target, go in the nail. I hope figure out, watch a YouTube video, figure out how to do your own nails, get someone to help you through this. There's, there's always an option out there. Look in the age of social media, 
you have everything. You have all resources at your fingertips. Utilize these people. There's information that you give out free of charge that people can get insight. There's information that I give out. You can get real information. And I also say this a lot. Don't always look to your friends, even the ones who have been divorced and now they seem fine and they want to take you out for martinis, margaritas <laughs> on Thursday night and tell you that what Chad did is so wrong. And like, honey, this is what you need. This is what you need. Listen to me. No, don't listen to her. <laughs> Here, here's a pro tip. If somebody says the phrase, listen to me two times in a row, don't listen. Don't listen. You should not be taking advice from the same person who's filling up your wine glass, mixing you a drink or helping you spoon feed yourself chips and salsa. Unless it's your bartender. Bartenders do tend to give really good (laughs) advice because most of them are former therapists. But if it's your friends, they want to help and I know they want to help and they love you and they care about you and they don't want to watch you suffer, but they are likely not the right person. Not all, no divorces look the same. Well, no, they don't. However, our friends and family that regardless keep us stuck. And Mm -hmm. a lot of times in my experience, and I'm wondering if you felt the same way, they try to take you out of your emotion because they're uncomfortable being in it with you, right? Like I remember so many times I kept being told he's going to regret this one day, his loss, a year from now, you're going to be so much better off. And you're just like, I don't even know what I'm eating for lunch in an hour. And you're telling me down the road, like what? (laughs) And you're just praying that tomorrow you wake up, not crying, let alone giving a crap about him regretting what he did or whatever it is that, you know, your family's telling you. And absolutely. And we also tend to be our own worst accountability partners, right? That's why you bring in the team because otherwise you stay stuck. Like I made excuse after excuse. I was like, oh, tomorrow we'll get to this or like one more webinar or one more podcast. No offense, but like our podcasts are fantastic and they're helpful. However, what I found was that no one was like holding my hand to the fire of like, okay, what are you going to do about it now? Like, how are you going to? change. What are you going to do differently tomorrow, Wendy? And it wasn't until I had that, that it was like, I would have done anything so much sooner. Right. Looking back, I'm like, oh my God, I wasted like how long of my life trying to like, I can do this by myself. I'm strong enough. I don't need anybody. (laughs) It is. You are so right. And it's one of the reasons why something that I do on the show, because I'm lucky in that I have And I have a divorce attorney. We bring on experts for all episodes. And then you've got me who offers like the real life side of it. After every interview, we always give action steps because my, the worst thing for me is for somebody to listen to an episode and then not know what to do after that. Right. You throw a ton of information at people and they're like, well, I don't know if I feel better or worse or confused or what the hell do I do now? Right. And I think a lot of us, it's like comforting just to like gather, right? But then mm-hmm. you're not doing anything. Exactly. And we know, and I'm sure all your listeners know, that's what a coach helps you do, right? A therapist works on things that happened in the past. Right. And a coach helps you focus on the now. Like, what right. are we going to do now? What are these action steps? Yeah. And that's really why I think 
it was really important to me and I'm not a coach. So guys don't come to me for that. That's what, that's why you've got Wendy, <laughs> but like, I will lead you in the wrong direction. I'm like, let's just go shopping. Let's just go shopping. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. Chat's up. No, but you've got to have the action steps. You have to know what do I do from here? So we always say like, if you zoned out during this interview, here are the three <laughs> things we want you to know. Right. It's exactly. Important. It really it is. is. It's important it is. that people feel like they know that they can do something because it's easier to just sit and sit back and let's so much happen. easier. Yeah. Well, and it's comfortable, right? Because when we get uncomfortable, we yeah tend to shy away, but unfortunately for you and guys. And it's numbing. And what yes. you said earlier about our family and friends not wanting to be with, it's funny. In the, I mentioned I have a therapist that helps me with my kids and there's this concept that we worked on a few weeks ago that is so freaking challenging for me. It makes me want to vomit just talking about it, but it's the idea of being with someone through their pain, right? Yeah. You're not trying to solve it. You're just Holding being space. with them. Right? <sighs> like that's, I, I hate that. That sucks. No, thank you. What's behind door number two, because I want it to be gone. Cause it yeah. makes me feel uncomfortable, right? It gives us anxiety. Yeah. Like how many of you guys get so anxious when your kids are sick because you can't make it go away. Right. Makes me freaking nuts. Listen, I was going to stay in my marriage to make this stop for my kids. Because you don't want them to hurt. Never. I never want them to feel pain. And we're doing our kids a disservice because then how are they going to show up in the world and right. use their voice to express themselves? And that to me, that was the, that was what got me over the hump was that I didn't want my kids to go through life numb. I didn't want them to go through life, not having a vocabulary of emotion. I wanted them to grow up. I have two boys, whether you have boys or girls, but I was like, my boys are going to have some balls and they are going to stand up for themselves. And they are going to, even with people in their life, including their father, right? I taught them yeah. how to communicate with their dad and how to understand that you can't force somebody to the saying I always tell them is that I always said to them, dad doesn't have to like your feelings. He just gets to hold space that yours are different from his mm -hmm. and their dad, he heard it, but it was a new concept for him. And I love it. Cause they'll throw that back in my face <laughs> where sometimes yeah. I'll like say something and they're like, mom, I get to have my feelings and you don't have to like them. And I'm like, you're right. You're absolutely right. And <laughs> I hear you. Like there's, there were so many moments in a seven month stint where my ex-husband was just like firing new things at us in a very short period of time while we're just like trying to tread water and throughout yeah. it all, it was like, how do I make this stop? And right. what I always say is that the shortcut through, right. Is actually just sitting in it. You got to sit in it because if you don't, it's never going to be done. Yep. How many so. times have we heard the phrase, the only way out is through. Yes. Exactly. And I think something that doesn't get enough attention because we all want to talk about what other people did and right. it's hard to take responsibility for what we've done, but there are going to be things that you do in your divorce that are going to hurt your kids and hurt yourself. Just is right. There's like I mentioned at the top of the interview, you're going to make a mistake yeah. that is going to happen and that's okay. But how do we recover from it? How do we talk about our kids? How do we talk to our children about the mistake and what 
action steps are we taking to ensure that we understand why we're making these mistakes so we don't keep doing the same thing over and over again? I think it's important that we all go are aware of the fact that this is not just something that, oh, he's doing all these things and he's the only reason that my kids are hurting. No, unfortunately, that's not true. Chad sucks. I'll give you that. I hate Chad, right? We all hate Chad. But there are things that you're going to do in reaction to what Chad says or does that are going to impact your kids because we're not perfect. Right. We're just not. And I think that the more we can normalize that conversation and have a talk about like, it's okay. Like we don't have to pretend that it's a one-sided deal because it's not. Yep. No, it's not. Andrea, it is, we could talk for another hour. It has been so wonderful chatting with you and I appreciate a lot of the candor and honesty and wisdom that you shared with our audience today. And I want to make sure that people know where they can find you and how can people get in contact with you? How can they find you? Yeah. So for all of you internet stalkers out there, you're, you are in luck because it is easy to find me online any and every social media platform you go on, you can look us up. We are How Not to Suck at Divorce, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, Facebook, our website, www.hownottosuckatdivorce.com. If you go to that website, you'll be able to get some information. We do have something that we can send you a top 10 list of things to do and not do during your divorce process. And there's a ton of information on that site. And you can follow me personally on Instagram. My handle is the Andrea Rappaport. And you'll find a little peek into my life, some more of my thoughts and opinions and shenanigans, and it should provide minutes of entertainment. Amazing. Andrea, thank you so much for being my guest today. And I'm so grateful you're in my life as well. So thank you. Thanks, Wendy. Of course. And everybody tuning in, thank you guys so much for joining on today's episode. As with every single guest that I have on, my goal is to make sure that you walk away with a nugget of information that helps you wherever it is that you guys are in your divorce process. As a reminder, don't forget to join my free Facebook group, The Divorce Rehab, and follow me across social media. My handle is at Divorce Rehab with Wendy. I hope that you guys have a beautiful rest of your day, sending you all so much love, light, and joy as always. Bye, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Divorced Woman's Guide podcast. If you like what you hear, please share this episode with someone you know or spread the word on social media. This is how I reach more divorcees around the world and provide them with the support they need to create their next best life. And I would also love to continue the conversation with you. So please friend me on Facebook, join my private Facebook group, The Divorce Rehab, and follow me on Instagram at Divorce Rehab with Wendy. I'll see you next time. 